friends, this is Ritesh from RitailRitesh.com and welcome to Simplifying Retail Podcast. In today's episode, we have a very multi-talented uh, personality as a guest. She is based out of Singapore and uh, she is an award-winning financial pr- practitioner, a self-made entrepreneur, a speaker in the areas of finance and personal empowerment, she has won uh, awards like Women Entrepreneur Award and Singapore Prestige Class Award for Business Leadership and Excellence in 2019. She is the founder and CEO of Light Organics. Light Organics is one of the fastest growing brand uh, globally and the brand is also available now in UE market. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Narissa Lowe Hello, Narisa. Hi, Ritesh. Thanks for having me on your podcast. It's really glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Narisa. Uh, Narisa, my first uh, thing is, it's like you have done everything. Is there anything which Narisa has not done as yet? Oh, bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Lots of things. Lots of things. I mean, we're just starting out, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial journey. Um I think I've been very blessed to be getting a lot of different experiences and I'm sure there's much, much more for me to learn in this journey. Great, great. Uh, Narissa, uh, most of my uh, listeners or my followers would like to uh, have your background in terms of your entrepreneurial journey so far and how you have launched Light Organics. Based, uh, I understand that you have launched Light Organics based on your own pain point mm-hmm. uh, and how difficult or easy the journey has been so far. Um, so like you mentioned, uh, my background was in finance um, and along the way, I actually realized that I had my own skin issues. So this was actually supposed to be like kind of a side hustle and that was what it was originally meant to be. Um, during that time when I had really bad skin, I actually tried to look for a cure for myself because I was going for steroid injections every month uh, into my pimples and taking oral medication. So mm-hmm. after about three years, um, I realized that this is actually not like a solution. So that was when I decided to do very deep uh, research into a cure for myself. And I found that instead of finding a cure, I found the causes of my skin problems. And that was when I realized I should kind of go organic and scrap all the chemicals that was causing all my skin issues. And it all started off initially as, you know, me wanting to find authentic organic makeup that I could use myself because that was something that I couldn't find in the market. Uh, There was a lot of organic skincare, but there wasn't a lot of organic makeup. So initially what I wanted to do was to kind of create a line where I could use it myself and, you know, for my friends and my families to use it so that we can all kind of get uh, organic products the way we want it to be. Um, Authentic, no nanoparticles, 90% organic, vegan, cruelty-free, gluten-free, all the good stuff. Um, So that was how I started. I started off as kind of a passion project. And surprisingly, when I actually did some uh, exhibitions in Hong Kong, Cosmoprof and uh, in KL, Mm-hmm. actually quite a lot of re- uh, good response towards the brand and people were actually looking for it and I was actually really glad as well that when I was in China uh, for the China Beauty Expo in Shanghai in 2018 um, mm-hmm. there were so many influencers that came by my booth and they were like oh you know we have walked five different expo halls and there's no other brand that's like yours like and this is in China right where it's known for like, like millions of brands right 
So I was I was actually really surprised. And you know what? This is when I realized that, hey, you know what? This is something that the market wants. So it's been extremely fulfilling. Um, it's been a lot of surprises because it's very different from how I started out uh, initially. I mean, I had a very small dream when I first started the brand. And right okay. now, it's kind of like having a child and watching a child grow up. And everything is always unexpected. And you never know what you're going to get. Um, it's challenging because it's extremely... Uh, capital intensive and is very very competitive in this industry um so you know that being said we are very blessed in our journey so far and i'm super grateful to meet the right people along the way and i think that the human capital side of things has been one of our greatest resources great uh narissa that uh, comes to my uh second uh question mm-hmm. uh this is regarding recently on linkedin i did a small uh, survey or rather a linkedin poll wherein i asked a lot of respondents mm-hmm. wherein uh, what is more important is the idea as a seed or uh, the know-how so in in your case i feel it's the uh, pain point wherein you started your journey with your own experience and then uh, learning the know how during the process the idea was born from your own pain point and then uh, you have learned and come across uh, all those hurdles during your journey am i right exactly exactly and the pain point is what creates the passion behind you know the whole business and that is so important because without the passion it's like you're going to burn out really quickly great so what would be your advice for uh, you know upcoming entrepreneurs who are yet to make that leap uh, into the uh, entrepreneurial journey what according to you should be the do's and don'ts um in general like in terms of in general um, in yes general. in general because uh, this entrepreneurs will be also very soon will be uh, uh, in front of investors venture capitalists with their pitch deck presentations for raising capitals all those things so what according to you should be the do's and don'ts uh, for entrepreneurials journey I, in I order to start i think the most important thing is to really believe in what you do um and you know you'll be meeting people along the way who's not going to believe in what you do and you know the only person who can convince yourself is yourself basically uh you know as an entrepreneur you're the only one who's driving the business so it's really really important for you to you know stand firm on your ground and surround yourself with you know an army of people you you trust so much that you can be your most vulnerable self because I feel that a lot of times we were taught that as entrepreneurs as bosses we always have to put up a very strong front for people but mm-hmm. you know I realized that strength comes in the ability to be vulnerable and you know if you can't be vulnerable around the people around with the people around you then I mean how are you going to move forward because it's not I mean you're putting so much of yourself into into what you're presenting and it cannot be a lie at any point of time you know like putting up a strong front and everything is just going to wear you down over time so i think it's really really important for you to really choose the right people to work with um be very very discerning uh in choosing your partners in choosing your staff in choosing your vendors and you know every little thing is going to affect you because it's really like having your child you're going to be True. worried about everything you're going to be you know affected by what everyone says so it's really good it's really important for you to be able to stand firm great i mean that's a lovely quote for my uh, day today uh, the strength comes from being vulnerable that's an excellent uh, thought for the day which you have quoted just now thank you 
Yeah. Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Uh, when uh, Narisa, I have another a uh, uh, lot of people ask me this question: Is mm-hmm. raising a capital or a from a venture capitalist a good strategy? Because personally, what I feel, uh, VC fund is like a vapor capital. As sooner it comes and faster it goes out. So, do you, as you are, you are entrepreneur, you have been there and you have uh, sustained uh, the business successfully. So, what according to you uh, is the right strategy? Is raising a capital a good strategy or using your own funds initially? You know, I've always been taught to never use my own money in any business venture, and this was what you know all the so-called business gurus have tried to teach me. Um, mm. But to me personally, I feel like I've always wanted to make sure that it works before I take somebody else's hard-earned money. Um, it may not make a lot of sense to a lot of entrepreneurs, and of course, it'd be great if I could run all the projects risk-free. But it's a personal value of mine to show how vested I am in the business and how much I believe in what I do to put so much skin in the game. Um, I get a lot of mixed reviews when I speak with other investors because you know there's the people who go like. How much of this have you put in? You know, I've met, for example, the CEO of Clarence, uh, when mm. I was in New York, and he was like, "You're crazy to start a business brand, a a, a beauty business by yourself. Like, did you sell off your house to do this?" And I was like, "You know what? I almost did." And like, mm. on the one hand, while people may think I'm really stupid, um, on the other hand, I feel that it shows a belief, uh, in what I do, especially to all the investors who have known how much I put in, um, in terms of my money, my time, my effort. Um, yeah. So I feel that. Personally, for me, I don't regret it.、Uh, I think it. I think it just shows to everyone else that you know what. If I'm willing to put in so much money, then the only person who the person who loses most in this game, if I fail, is me. So I have every reason to try to make this work. You know, I have so much vested in it already.、Um, my initial investors are also close friends of mine. So I also want to ensure that the money that they have invested in me will bring them returns. And there is no way I can do that unless I've already done my initial experiments with my own personal funding. That's a lovely advice, uh, Narissa. Uh, Narissa, what has been your biggest failure、uh, while embarking on entrepreneurial journey?、Um, I think trusting the wrong people initially. I have paid my quote unquote school fees for that、uh, by losing money、um, to people who have pretty much scammed me when we first started.、Um, mm-hmm. You know, although I'm very blessed to have met people who have helped me,、um, I've also met my fair share of you know so-called bad eggs. Um, I I always wanted to believe in the good of people, but in the world of business, we definitely need to put our emotions aside and practice discernment. No matter how good everyone and everything looks in the beginning, as a young entrepreneur, you will always be you know drawn to the bright lights and all the you know the, the big promises that people give you. But I think you know we always need to surround ourselves with people who can keep us grounded and pull us back to earth and tell us like, hey, let's just look at all these things logically and see how this could go wrong in every possible way. So we call them the black hatters. Okay, uh, uh, Narissa, Light Organics is now available in UAE,、mm-hmm. and、uh, so what has been your global expansion strategy for the brand? I know it's the fastest growing brand. It has both omni-channel,、uh, physical as well as、uh, online presence.、Mm-hmm. So what has been your global expansion strategy for the Light、uh, Light Organics so far? Um, so, like you mentioned, we fully believe in an omni-channel approach.、Uh, despite the world progressing in a direction of like online retail, we want to focus on the Middle East because what I love about the Middle East market is that the market still appreciates the human touch element and they enjoy shopping in retail malls. 
like if you come to Singapore, you'll find that a lot of the malls are very empty. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah, it's it's very sad because you know there's so much effort it goes into like building all these stores, but you know if no one is there, then it's difficult for everyone to survive, right? Um, so the the whole culture of the Middle East consumer behavior gives us the chance to be able to still give our customers the full experience and the service that is limited online. Um, we're also going to be launching online in China because we are cruelty-free and we're not able to launch offline over there. Um, personally, for myself, I adopt a not-too-slow-but-steady strategy because I believe in moving fast but not recklessly. So which countries are your, are, are on your radars at the moment, Marisa? Um, we, are, we are definitely very focused in the Asian market uh, because I feel that this is closer to home. And um, this is also a market that appreciates organic products as much as it is uh, not as mature a market as, say, the US or, you know, uh, like Australia. But I feel that it's nice to be one of the pioneers to be able to start that, to be able to create this um, trend and this movement uh, towards the organic lifestyle. Great. So Light Organics is still in a digital brand. Your, I mean, your maximum, if you, uh, the, you know, in your footprints, if I have to say, is more on digital platforms rather than brick and mortar. Am I right? Um, I would say it's 50-50 at this point. We do want to move towards more of a, a brand that is um, more technology-based. And, you know, you see along the next few months, uh, some stuff we have up our sleeves. Um, okay. Yeah, but... We are also ex- we are also exploring physical retail because we we Im- we know it's important for people to be able to try all the makeup um, because we are color cosmetics brand so it's important to be to be able to touch see and feel it as well. So what is the role of technology do you see uh, in your business when it comes to as you mentioned uh, that you are ex- the uh, the category requires a touch and feel uh, experience so what is the role of technology that you feel uh, will be will play an important role in your expansion plans I think it's important these days as well to be able to incorporate some kind of uh, augmented reality in our brand um, this is not just to give people like a more precise, a more novel kind of experience. I think it's also good proof that we are moving ahead with the times because, you know, the whole point about technology is being able to reach as many people as possible being in one place. I mean, the world is so big. How do you touch everyone from where we are sitting right now? You're right. So that's where the technology which uh, bridges the gap. Yeah, exactly. But we try to bring it as close as possible while still incorporating the human touch elements that is so needed in creating a connection with our customers. Okay. Uh, Narissa, during this COVID uh, current uh, pandemic that the world is going through and the crisis we all are facing, especially in retail, tourism and aviation sort of uh, industry, what has been your, uh, uh, you know, experience in finding out the new trends that are emerging in terms of customer uh, preferences, behaviors? Did you see any change in last uh, three months uh, since the world is in, under a lockdown? I think people these days are choosing quality over quantity um, with an emphasis on wellness and safety in the product that they use. Um, the pandemic has kind of made everyone really aware about how fragile the human body is i mean this is something that we've always known but you know it's very different when you're actually facing a global pandemic and everyone is going through pretty much the same thing as you um so during this time i mean there's been a great shift in the economy um 
and in the in the financial situations of everyone pretty much so True. they actually have to kind of be a bit more wise in terms of their spending so i find that people while they choose you know products with uh, wellness and a high a higher quality the fact that you know we have multifunctional products as well is something that they appreciate because then they get more mileage for every dollar that they spend so for example organic products may be more expensive but because our moisturizers have um, our, our foundations have moisturizing properties the money that they save on an additional moisturizer is also cost effective overall for example um, okay yeah people are going towards less wastage uh, and being more selective in their purchases so a simple range also helps them in their decision making process great and which uh, category in uh, cosmetics have you seen an upswing or a decline in this last three to four months you know, I'm surprised to see our lip products still selling well. I would imagine that initially that, you know, with the wearing of the face mask, people are going to be using less lipsticks. But um, it seems that our lipstick is still one of our top selling products, uh, maybe because it's hydrating and maybe some of our clients use them as lip balms. Um, and the eyes mm-hmm. are the only ones that expose with the face mask on. So True. perhaps I think if I had to choose one, it would be the foundations to see a little bit of a dip because I think as people are staying home more, they see less of a need to put a full face of makeup. Great. I mean, that's very strange, actually. Uh, foundation should, according to me, eyeliners and foundation should do well, but it's lipstick, which is still a winner. I know. It's really strange. But I think it's also because it's easier to buy lipsticks online. True, true. Yeah. That can be one 